What's up, family? I'm Juan Castillo, and when I'm on social media, my favorite show to watch is the Don't Shoot the Messenger weekly podcast. Chris G, professional Sutton, Rucker Report delivers sports the way it's supposed to be, real and authentic. So get ready to be entertained. My boys are ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm your boy, professional Sutton. And I'm your boy, Chris G. And it's your boy, the Rucker Report, a.k.a. Ready? But the greatest thing about sports is you play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me, X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family, what up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. Yeah, welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton. And I'm your boy, Chris G. And it's your boy, The Rucker Report, Jersey. Yes, 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 yes. Also, you know, uh, before we start, we got to thank, we got to thank Uncle Juan and uh, our sponsors, 94.3 WYBC. The Rhythm of the City. Yes, yes. Also, we want to give a shout out to my baby, and her company, Spire Rentals. So when the summertime come up, gonna be popping. We gonna make sure that you know you can enjoy the bathroom outside without people tracking up your house and coronavirus and all that there, man. So, but I'm happy. You know, I got my brothers. It is a is a pretty decent Sunday. Um, but before we start, I just want to say I love my brothers, man. Um, I lost my mom a few weeks ago, and my boys have been there from I not even an hour, second. Soon as it happened, it was there. So I want to thank y'all publicly, and I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I wanted to say I know y'all don't need it. I know y'all like yo, it's nothing. But I want everyone to know what you guys mean to me, and just being there for me. I appreciate you guys, man. Really, I do, man. And let y'all know this goes beyond podcasting and. These are my brothers for real. So, just one. Come thing. on, come on, man. We love you. We love you, man. And it was, it was, it was never a question, fam. It was just uh-huh. never, it was never a question, man. And uh, you know, you always got our support. You know, yes. from my family to you and yours. And come on, man. This is beyond. That was beyond anything. You know, I know, I, mean? I know. But like I said, I, I, I definitely appreciate y'all being there, man, because it was tough. But you know, doing a podcast, this is what helps me go on. This is what helps me stay motivated. So I appreciate you guys all the time, every day, and twice on Sundays. Thank y'all so much. Larry Love in the building. Handball, I'm going to send you an invite when we talk in um, NBA because um, we got to talk about your nets, man, possibly getting James Harden. So we're going to talk about that. But we're going to jump straight into it. Last night we had an excellent fight, uh, Terrence Crawford versus Kel Brooks again. I'm only going to chime in on a little bit because Chris G, he's the boxing aficionado. Ruck is the knowledge, has knowledge of boxing. I just listened to it. But last night, Chris, you know, we were watching um, Bud Crawford do his thug thizzle. I'm going to pull it up because now I know how to do this on YouTube. But we're going to pull it up. And what did you see from Bud last night that that really stuck out? Or you already was like, yo, listen, this is what he does anyway. 
Well, I'll say that's what uh, Bud Crawford does. I mean, am I surprised? I would say the only thing I was surprised about um, that I don't, I don't even know if I want to say surprised, but this was a test to see how how Terrence would look against a, a big welterweight. And, okay. you know, people had made, you know, my boy Henny Bub, shout out to Henny. Obviously, y'all know him. You know, yes, he said that he said Kel Brooks was washed. So he wasn't ever really concerned. He, he just thought that oh. Kel Brooks was washed because, you know, in the fight game, Yo, you could be a great fighter, and, and, and one or two fights can kind of take it away from you. And he okay. kind of had that back to back. He had to fight. I don't know why my glasses look so crooked mm -hmm. on the screen. It's killing me. Um, okay, we're gonna do that right now. Anyway, he uh he fought Triple G at the time where Triple G was an absolute monster. Nobody wanted to fight Triple G. And what Kell Brook did was he moved up from welterweight 147 and went to go fight godzilla at the uh, at, at middleweight that's two weight divisions he went he's went he's 147 he skipped 154 and went right to 160 to fight triple g and mm. triple g wound up breaking his face he broke his orbital bone uh mm. i think his left orbital bone and let me know what, if you can see this on the right. screen chris yeah i can see it it looked good okay okay and uh but before he broke his orbital bone, I mean, that fight went pretty deep. If I'm not mistaken, that fight went eight or nine rounds. Mm, and okay. um, and not only did it go eight or nine rounds, but he was he was competitive. And, you know, he kind of exposed he kind of exposed Triple G for a few things. And you know what, Larry Love, we're going to get on your uh, Ravens. <laughs> and this this is not this is a this is a PlayStation headphone set, too. I ain't even but, <laughs> you know. But it works the best. But anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know. But uh, anyway, so he kind of exposed Triple G for some things. But, you know, like I said, he broke his face. His very, very next fight, instead of kind of like trying to get your groove back after, take, after having a punishing fight, even though he did well at, at points, he fought Earl Spence Jr., who is not a middleweight, but he's an even bigger welterweight than Kell Brook. And another power puncher. And uh, he just, you know, everybody knows Earl Spence. Earl Spence is just a dog. And found, and Earl Spence broke his other orbital eye socket. So, you know, he took some time off from that fight. He had two back-to-back -back really tough fights where his uh, face got damaged. And he took some time off. He fought a couple, you know, journeymen per se. And then he went up against another elite fighter in Terrence Crawford. And, you know, he, he looked good in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. The first three rounds, you know, he looked like a, the bigger, stronger fighter. He was controlling the distance with his jab. Um, you know, he was, he, was, he was giving Terrence some problems. But when Terrence sat down on his punches and he applied some real, real pressure, he couldn't even, he couldn't hold up anymore. And, uh, you know, what for me, what it showed is that, you know, I think people have made the comparison or I'll, I'll, let me not say the comparison. People have made the the notion that the reason that they would pick Earl Spence against Terrence Crawford is because Terrence is too small. Stop. Because Terrence is too small. And he's not a big welterweight, which he's not a big welterweight. But he shows that he's got the power to fight a big welterweight and to even um, get the stoppage on a big welterweight. So now it just gives you even more intrigue to a potential Earl Spence versus uh, Buck Crawford. 
Well, listen, I just want to say I'm excited because I just found this feature out. So, and it looks really good with Chris talking. Um, last night, man, I just, you know what? Again, Bud makes it look so easy. He really does. He makes it look so easy. Kind of like Floyd. When, when, when Floyd was fighting, people always said, well, Floyd didn't fight nobody. But you have to remember that Floyd is so good that Floyd makes it look easy. But it really is not that easy, you know. Um, what I want to ask you, Chris, uh, with the Spencer and Garcia fight. Spence, what do you, not Spencer. I'm sorry, Spence. I'm sorry, Spence. I apologize. See, that's, see, that's why you're here. Because I don't know. With the Spence and Garcia fight, what do you what are you expecting from that? You know, because we got Spence who you know who had that car accident. Thank God he's here, and you got a hungry Garcia. What what are what should we expect with that fight? It's kind of tough to say. You know, obviously, you know, we were talking about it in the chat room, not the chat room. Sorry, in our personal chat, uh -huh. it's it's tough to say. Listen, if 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 Spence is what he's always been, I don't even see this fight as competitive. Okay. Like, Spence is that much better than Danny Garcia. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Danny, I don't want to knock Danny Garcia, though. Danny Garcia is, Danny Garcia at one point was the best welterweight. Okay. It, I mean, that's, you know, you go back uh, maybe three, four years ago, somewhere around that range, three, four, maybe even five. He was the best welterweight at the time. I mean, people had some questions, but, you know, at one point, he was he went from 140, he was the king of the 140, and then he went to 147, and he was the king of 147 for a time. But um, you know, after after a loss to Keith Thurman, and then after a tough loss to Sean Porter, he was not. And then the rise of Earl Spence and of and, and of uh Terrence Crawford happened. The, here's the thing: Danny does a lot of things good, he does nothing great. There's nothing about Danny that's like, yo, he does this one thing phenomenal. No. But he does do everything relatively good. I mean, okay. he doesn't have... I would if, if there was one thing I said that would be maybe bad is he's a bit flat-footed. He's not great. He doesn't have great footwork. Now, I wouldn't even say he has good footwork. He has, you know, competent footwork. You know, if I had to, like, put a you know, characteristic on it. That's what he got as far as footwork. But other than that, he does everything pretty solidly. And, you know, he's a, he's a strong guy. He's got good punching power, good, real good punching power. Um, anything to like, like scare you? No, but with Spence, with this being Spence first fight after a major accident where he was knocked out and, you know, me and me and Ruck talked about this last night. Here's the thing with knockouts. You you never know how much they bother you until you get the first one. You mm, ever okay. notice when like a, a boxer, like you know, whatever boxer you like, he's been boxing and he gets knocked out. And then all of a sudden, he never been knocked out before. And then all of a sudden, every now and then, he get knocked out again. Mm. It's just like that first knockout. I, I feel like it takes some integrity away from your total, your total, you know, competency in the ring. And he was knocked out in that uh, car accident. He didn't know where he was. He didn't right, even remember right. that he was in the hospital once he got out. So, you know, and if you ever watched the car accident, which you could pull up, but, you know, that's to your discretion if you want to. 
Um, so, so know, they actually showed the actual car accident. Oh, the car accident is. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it came out. I would say maybe a couple days after the. Um, I don't even know if it was a couple days. It might have been like the next day. Oh wow! It was. A, it was a restaurant that had the camera angle, and they had like posted it, so you could see the accident. The car flipped too many times to count. He got ejected out of the car. So, you know what I mean? Him just being here is a blessing. They also got the uh they also got pictures of how he looked when he was in the hospital. I mean, he was just it wasn't a good accident. And yeah. I just don't know. I just I, I gotta commend Spence for saying I'm not taking no tune-up fight. I'm just I'm going right in with a a, a, a top contender. I don't need no tune-up fight. I'm good. I gotta commend him for that. But also, mm -hmm. there's been other boxers in history that after accidents motorcycle accidents car accidents they just okay. were, it was something different about them you know what i mean because it just you know that that type of trauma yo it just takes something away from you i don't know maybe you gun shy i don't know we'll see yeah yeah so i think now when is that fight supposed to take place december 5th is the uh garcia spence fight i'm i'm excited yeah. to see it if like i said if this was if there had been no accident I would say he is going to now. Now Danny's a solid fighter, so I don't know if he would knock Danny out. I don't even remember Danny really ever being like, like wobbled in a fight. Honestly, mm -hmm. Danny is a sturdy fighter. I mean, you could beat him. I've seen him beat convincingly. Uh, I would mm -hmm. say by. Um, I mean, Sean Porter was a close fight, but I don't think it was that close. Um, Keith Thurman, I thought, won like the first seven rounds and then kind of went on cruise control. And and you know what? Keith Thurman did kind of wobble him in the second round of that fight now that I'm thinking about it. But, I mean, it was real quick. It wasn't nothing that you could, like, say, like, he wobbled him and then he jumped on him and tried to finish him. It was just, like, a quick little, maybe a little, uh -huh. little stanky leg, okay. and he was right back. So, he, okay. you know, he's a solid fighter, so I don't even know if, if, if Spence was 100% healthy, if he would be able to stop him. But if, if Spence was healthy, and we don't know if he is yet, I would say Spence wins this fight easy, but there is an air of like maybe Danny can win it because you don't know how well Earl Spence is going to be in his right. first fight back after a major car accident. And that's what I'm worried about. Like, how is he going to be after having a major car accident? You know, after, you know, again, not only getting your body ready, but your mind, like you said, that trauma, because you don't know where you might be, you don't know where he might be, the lights. You don't know what might trigger. So it's this is a very interesting factor. And, you know, like you alluded to, if there had been no accident, you're like, oh, you know, Spence got this. You know, you can you can definitely book it. However, with the accident, it does bring on another level of, of you know, what is going to happen or another level of, I don't know, kind of suspense, if you will. So well, listen, and, and you know why? And you know the reason it brings the most suspense? The, the reason it brings the most suspense is because as boxing fans, you know, that's what everybody wants. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to yes. see the Spence versus Crawford fight. Now, yes. how that fight plays out, I don't know. It could play out a bunch of different ways. I, I, You know what? I thought it would play out one way because of how big Spence is. But after seeing how we fought Kell Brook, I don't even know if it'll play out that way. Mm. And I still even had it close. I had it going like a decision coming down to like the last, you know, the, I would say like the last three or four rounds obviously the championship rounds as well, where somebody would have to really just like bully the person to right. get the dub out. You know what I mean? But it would still be like this close, great fight. I don't know how it would play out now. I, honestly, 
I, well, nobody does, but yeah. you know, my my theory of what I had in it is it, it it changes from fight to fight when you see those two fights. So you know, we will got to see. But that's the only reason why people are nervous because what you don't want is you don't want Danny Garcia to ruin Spence versus Crawford. That's what you Yo, don't because want. because you know what because. The fight, you know, again, and I'm speaking from uh, just the average watcher here. I'm, I'm not, you know, any one of your caliber when it comes to boxing. But the, uh, but the Fury, not Fury, but the um, the Wilder and Anthony Joshua, Joshua fight. Wilder fight, right? Yes. So that fight, no, nobody cares about that now. It's like, all right, whatever. They both lost. We wanted to see these undefeated Titans, you know, bump heads. But that's not happening. I'll now, say this. I think I'll say this about that fight. I'll say this about that fight. Wilder ruined that fight. I know Joshua okay. lost first, but here was the difference. When Joshua lost, first of all, there was documented proof that Joshua shouldn't have been fighting. That fight, that particular okay. fight. And oh. he took it anyway. He lost. He didn't make any excuses. He didn't come out with this video talking about you know, it, it, you know, uh, he's been cheated or the system is rigged against him. He didn't do any of that stuff. Uh -oh. He just lost, uh -oh. but he came back. But, but here's the key point. But he came back and he beat Joshua. I mean, he beat uh, Ruiz easily. Uh -huh. He beat him easily and put himself back on track where Wilder, you know, for all intents and purposes, for all intent and purpose, he lost <laughs> the first fight. I know I hate okay. when people say it the wrong way. He lost the first fight. He, you know, he he got a gift for getting a uh, a split decision. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a draw in the first fight. That was a gift. Yeah. And then in the second fight, he lost. And then he comes out with all of these excuses about how you know his water was poison. His water was poison, and you know he got his uh, he got his Deontay Wilder uh, dick sucking fan club who thinks <laughs> he was cheated and all of that stuff. <laughs> If if he could have just if if Wilder could have just said yo I lost try to get a third fight and then redeem himself that fight would be right back on track because in the heavyweight division I mean listen it would be great to see undefeated fighters go at each other but you know anybody can lose in the heavyweight division these are big dudes sure. man one shot it's not like you know welterweight division down yo one shot in the heavyweight division even from Bro. bumps could could yeah. could change it I mean let's not forget Hasim Rockman beat Lennox Lewis. Had Lennox Lewis on skates. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere. And then he avenged his loss. And, you know, listen, Buster Douglas, who wasn't this great fighter when he beat Tyson. Mm -hmm. Knocked Tyson. You know what I mean? It's in the heavyweight division, it Rocky Marciano. He beat Joe Lewis. <laughs> Rocky Marciano is different. That's different. I don't want to get into Rocky Marciano. But then he beat Joe Lewis ass. Joe Lewis was 137 years old, okay? <laughs> And I know they was joking. And listen, and I, I was see you get me started. And I know they were joking and coming to America, but Joe yeah. Lewis was way past his prom. Like he yeah, was, genuinely. he was just fighting to support himself at this point. He, <laughs> I hear you, Uncle Juan. <laughs> yeah, he was just fighting to support himself at the time. He was not. Right. If if Joe Lewis would have fought Rocky Marciano when Joe Lewis was in his prime, it wasn't. It wouldn't be competitive. Yo, Rocky right, Marciano. Right was in this sweet spot of boxing. Like, mm -hmm. he was right in between, like, the greats. And I know a lot of people, uh, some people consider Rocky Marciano great. 
and he does have some good losses. He do got some good wins over Raymond people Bennett. like. What's up, Raymond? He got some good wins over people like Jersey Joe, uh, J- Jersey Walcott. Joe uh, Wilcott. Um, obviously, you know Ruck know about him. He was there back when he um. <laughs> but, um he got so he got a, he got good wins against um uh Ezra. Uh, what's Ezra's last name? Um, Y'all stupid. <laughs> he's got he's got some like decent wins, but like the greats were either past their prime or before. You see what I'm saying? Like he was he was after Joe Lewis, even though Joe Lewis was still fighting, and all of them, Joe Lewis, Max Bear, um, uh, 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 uh what's his name? Uh, uh, James Broderick. All those guys. He was like. Right after them, but also right before, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, Sonny Liston, and all like he was like he was in a real sweet spot. Well, Chris, opinion. I don't want to cut you. My off. opinion, because Charles, yes, Ezra Charles. There you go. Now, I couldn't, so I couldn't Anthony Ezra is Charles. on. I want you to talk about the group and what you were seeing and what you were saying. His group. What you was, I love Ant because your Ant brings up good conversations. Yes, he does. But Shout some of the stands. And this is the reason why I don't be commenting. Yo, some of the stands in Ant's group, they are ridiculous. <laughs> yo, the, the, yo, the fanboys, and Anthony knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> yo, and he... Shout out to Sean. fanboys in his group, sometimes, like, they're not, they're, not being, they're not being logical. Like, it's like, all right, you <laughs> like a fighter, that's cool. You like a fighter, that's cool. But you got to be, you got to be authentic. You got to be real about it. Like right. boxing is corrupt. There's, there's there's truth to that, but I mean, goddamn, the whole system ain't against people. I'm just saying, that's that's that's. It, it gets very annoying. It gets very annoying. I just so, I just I just wanted to put it out there um, because I think it's funny. He's like, man, I love Ann Group. Shouts out to my brother Tom. He's like, but man, some of them dudes, man, I don't know. Quite I said, listen. <laughs> I said, you got to say it on air. You got to say it on air. You got to say it on I, air. Fam, I don't know. Like, they, you know, the excuses and, like, sometimes they're just – like, here's the thing, right? I'll say instance for um for the Kel Brook versus uh, Crawford fight. <laughs> he said he can't. No, no, I know you can't. I know you can't. I, just, yeah. I know you can't. I know fight. you can't. But uh, I'll say for instance, like, when Kel Brook was fighting, everybody was saying – Kell Brook was washed. And there's some there's some validity to that. But yo, and obviously once the fight happened, you know, you see you, you saw how it played out. But yo, there wasn't no hardcore evidence that he was definitely washed. Like he he was a tough fight against Triple G even though he lost. It was a tough fight that a lot of people thought he was winning until um Spence stopped him. And then we hadn't seen him fight. Now was he a shot fighter? I think he is a shot fighter. Because I don't even think the shot that he got caught with was that, like, heavy. So I think he is a shot fighter. But at the same time, it was like, yo, at least give him a chance to prove what he is. Um, and coming out in the beginning of the fight, it was like, yo, he look, he looks like the stronger guy. He looks like the bigger guy. Now, listen, Terrence is a special fighter. And I always was picking Terrence because I always pick special over size or, or whatever the case may be and he showed why he was special and that's, that's you know, what she not, said <laughs> that's what she <laughs> said and that's not to be challenged but at the same time it's like yo at least give him a shot to show where he's at before you just say oh it's the cherry picking fight or oh he's washed we don't want to see and, and, and people acting like people acting like bob Aram 
isn't part of the problem. Mm. But you know what? People acting like promoters in general aren't part of the problem of why we don't see Spence versus Crawford or why we don't see the biggest fights made. And you really have to, you really have to take all options away from promoters to do some cross promotion with their big fighters. It's got to be like, this fight is so big and it's going to make so much money. We, there's nothing we can do. We have to have this fight go on. You know what I mean? It's just, there's a whole bunch of things that play into when box when, when boxing matches get made, promoters and fighters and all the things like that. And fanboys, they just go with their side. Yes, Kell Brook, and that's, that's how I felt about Kell Brook. Kell Brook was a live dog. He was an underdog, but it was like, listen, there's some questions about Terrence Crawford that have kind of never been answered. Uh, listen, yeah. even for Kell Brook being the fighter that he is after the after fight, we know he, he a shot fighter, at least against the elites. It was like, yo, Terrence Crawford never went against a guy in the welterweight division as good as Kell Brook. Um, Terrence Crawford never went against a guy as big as a welterweight as Kell Brook. We needed to, you know, there, it was questions that was still that still needed to be answered. He answered them with all spades. He ran a Boston on these motherfuckers last night. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, everybody was acting like he was just like this easy fight. Now, Terrence made it easy because Terrence is that good. But, like, it wasn't. He it, Terrence answered a lot of questions, and I would say he even elevated his stock after that fight. That was a real good, solid win for Terrence Crawford last night. I agree. I agree. So, um, again, as, as the fights happen, you know, Chris is going to bring you, and he's going to have all the updates. Also, shouts out to my man, you know, Tommy. Tommy be on it, man. Yes, uh, sir. Tommy is on it when he talk about boxing. Again, I steal from Chris and Tommy, and I take it to everybody else to make it look like I know what I'm talking about. So that's what I do. That's what I do. So I want to talk about NBA. It's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. And um, also, we got our brother, and he changed his name to El Brooklyn Way. <laughs> it was El Espanol, Larry Love. He's in the building and rough. So NBA is almost upon us, man. Uh, December 20, was it 24th, 22nd, NBA? 22nd, 22nd. 22nd, yes, sir, yes, sir. So Hambone, he is a New Jersey Nets, a.k.a. Brooklyn Nets fan. And I just want to jump straight into it. The Nets are talking about getting James Harden. Where, hold on, where is your, where is your picture at? There you, okay, there we go. I'm about to say, come on, man, what you doing? What you doing, Just in man? case, man. You know, just you in case anybody it. had any real questions. Okay, okay. <clears throat> now, Brooklyn Nets. Yes, sir. Getting uh, we got enough pieces right now. Like We got enough pieces that we can do some real damage, not only in the East, but against the Western Conference teams. We have two players in Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, who we can bring off the bench, give us a good scoring punch. Each of those guys can get between 15 and 22 a game off the bench on any given night. So there's no need to bring over a James Harden. Now, everyone looks at him like, yo, those three players, like it's going to be hard to beat those three players. But those three players are different than the three players that Golden State had. Because in Golden State, the ball moved. So those three jump shooters were able to get catch and shoots, come off the dribble, um, come off the down screen, you know, the floppy action that they call it in the NBA. In Brooklyn, that's not 
That's not what we have done. That's not what we have done in the past. We have been a isolation team. So when you bring over two isolation players and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, where's that ball movement coming from? Now, you can do it with two guys because each of those guys can shoot the jumper. Each of those guys can create and find someone else. But when you bring in the number one isolation player in the league over to deal with two other really good isolation players, it, it doesn't help us out anywhere else. And then where does a guy like Karis Avert fit in? The only guy on our group right now who would fit in would be Joe Harris. No, no one else would fit in with those three. Um, you might say, well, what about DeAndre Jordan? Uh, DeAndre Jordan, he, who, who's he screening for? These guys don't use the screen. So now you get rid of him. And you're not going to throw the ball down low to him at all. So you have to understand, we, we have to understand that, you know, there's too many good players in an NBA season. Doesn't really work, you, you know. It, it, in certain instances, when they fit and they can mesh, yes. But we don't have a Draymond Green to make those three guys mesh together. So, whose job is it going to be for them to mesh? You're not going to see Steve Nash because he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> I mean. You got some great points, man. You got some great points, uh, Ruck, man. I want you to get in on this, man, because you know you a, you know you a uh, Jersey guy, ex Brooklyn Nets guy. Um, what do you think about James Harden? First of all, first of all, I have never been a Brooklyn Nets fan. Oh, I, I was gonna say that. I was gonna say never. that. I thought that you used to work for. Come on, man, stop it. And, and listen, no, listen, working for them and being a fan are two totally different things. You know what I'm saying? So, so no disrespect to handball, all disrespect in, <laughs> included. Um, no, I've never and will never be a Brooklyn Nets fan. Don't um, worry, all taken. So, so here, so here's, here's the thing. I, I think again, everything that handball pointed out was actually correct. I agree with it 100. percent It makes sense basketball wise. <laughs> Excuse me, the points that he put out. But the, the concern I do have about everything that he said is that adding someone like James Harden takes away from what I feel is the best part of the Brooklyn Nets team. And that would be Spencer Goodwoody and Karis LeVert. It would take away from not only what they would be able to produce on the floor, but in essence, one of them would have to go. So you you could you would have to have somebody who's not there. Um, one of the other things brought out in terms of who can make them gel, you got to think about it. Like he said, one of the players that definitely benefits from KD being there will be Joe Harris. Joe Harris will benefit greatly. Another player that I think is not a Draymond Green fit, but could also maybe fit a little bit in that role and will benefit from KD being there is Torian Prince. Torian Prince, I think he'll have a better season. I think um, Jonathan Allen will have a better season, but you add a James Harden and, and the Nets again, like, like Larry pointed out, their isolation team, 
you add, again, the number one isolation player that needs to play in pick and roll, and Kyrie and KD have not really predominantly been off the ball. They have been successful in stints off the ball, but not predominantly in that role because you can't add James Harden to that team and still have Kyrie be the point guard. James hasn't functioned in the system where he hasn't had the ball, except for when he was in OKC and you're talking about a different animal because he was younger. You know, you're talking about a a back-to-back MVP, you know, that can go. So I don't think it'll be a good thing. I think other moves that we're looking at and that people are talking about, um, maybe James Harden and Philly will work. You know, James Harden and, and, you know, I do like the James Harden for Ben Simmons trade because I think if you get Simmons out of there, the remaining pieces that they have are really great complimentary pieces to Harden's game. Tobias Harris is a great complimentary piece. Richardson is is a really decent shooter. I think it puts Embiid in a different position where he will be more back to the basket than anything. Um, but me and Chris was talking, and and one of the things that I no actually quit that was me and you. One of the things that I like, I actually like the idea of Russ going to Charlotte. Oh yeah, we I, think that that. Be, I think that could be a great thing, especially when Charlotte has has now um, reached out to Indiana about Miles Turner. Oh, now if they get Miles Turner, then that's a little different. So, so it, it makes them it makes them a different animal too. Uh, you know, I think you know, as everybody knows, we got the Knicks are always going to be in a discussion because of all the expiring contracts they got. Actually, you know, take on a big contract like a Russ, like a CP3, or something like that. So, I mean, it's going to be. I think now what we're going to look at, and Chris had alluded to weeks we talked weeks ago, months ago, how the West is going to be totally different. I think with some of these shiftings in the East. I think it's not going to be a given anymore that Boston and Milwaukee can end up in the finals. You know? Can somebody help me understand the Russ to Charlotte thing? Well, I think with the Miles Turner edition, I think that's what was going to make it more appealing. Well, I mean, mean, Charlotte Charlotte is like – well, you got to look at it this way too. Charlotte is probably very off of the Scary Terry project. They're like they they probably really done with that. Um, Mike loves Russ. You know, he's on brand Jordan. Russ has done has done very well in small market cities. You know, so it, it, it works. And then they have a lot of young pieces in Charlotte, too. And again, not for nothing, it's the East. You know what I'm saying? So we ain't talking about it's the West, it's the East. And then take into consideration too. Russ, when KD left, remember MVP back to back triple double seasons. So it ain't like he can't get it done. You know, and 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 I'm gonna you know slide to Chris, and I definitely agree with you, Russ. Um, so oh man, so I'm hearing some rumors, and and please, you guys can you know um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Demar Derozan, um, I heard that the Spurs are and Lakers are in talk. Um, also, um, Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, um, talk with LA as well. So many things going on, Chris. Um, what is, 
you know, chime in, if you will, if you want, on a James Harden or just some of the L.A. talks or just some other rumors that you hear that are that are floating around. Well, yeah, listen, I heard the um, I heard the Miles Turner thing, but I also heard Miles Turner going to uh, Boston. Actually, mm. I heard Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo going to Boston. Gordon Hayward wind, finding his way in Charlotte with Russell Westbrook and um, oh, Kimba going to Indiana. Mm. Now, mm. you know, listen, this, there's always there's a hefty amount of trade talk once the um, the uh, draft is, uh, you know, close. And the draft is on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, the 18th. So yeah. you want to hear a lot of drafts, uh, drafts of talking. But DeMar DeRozan to L.A. is something that's been discussed. I've even heard um, the uh, the Warriors and the Spurs talking about Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, that would that would send the, their second overall pick in Andrew Wiggins to uh, the Spurs. That the Spurs want to do a total rebuild. That they just want to like get a lot younger and get a lot of new assets and kind of start all over. We'll see how much that's you know how how true that is. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other. Uh, there, there's been a lot. It's almost hard to keep up with. There's been a lot of trade rumors uh, 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 going around. I don't like – I think the best situation for us and James Harden is Houston in both of them. Look, I don't think you can add – I think if, if you add James Harden to Philly, which I've heard since Daryl Morey's went out to uh, Philly now, and you did James Harden, Joel Embiid, um, who we got? Who else we got out there? We got Al Horford and you got Tobias uh, Harris. Tobias Harris. It's, Josh a good, it's a good team, but I, I, I'm 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 judging everything in. Is this going to win a championship? Right. And I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't see any any situation where Russ or James Harden are added to a team and they win a championship. Unless you're talking about James Harden's going to the Nets. And that, like Larry Love says, that causes a lot of problems. Now, yeah. I'm not so far off that I don't think it could work. You would have to change things around. And you're giving up a me, lot of pieces, too. Well, you do. But listen, you got Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is already unhappy. Spencer Dinwiddie is already unhappy. Karis LeVert is already unhappy. And their roles are only going to diminish with with um with uh Kevin Durant and uh and Kyrie Crazy so Kyrie. right so if you added James Harden to me the piece that makes it unstable is Kyrie mm. I you can James Harden could be a point guard who doesn't who who distributes the ball more he could do that will he do it is the question but it, can he do it he could do it and he would know he can't take 40 50 shots a game i think he's smart enough to realize that Kevin Durant is so efficient. He's never going to be a problem on any team that he uh, joins. Kevin Durant is an efficient 15 to 20 shot guy. He doesn't need more shots than that. Your problem would be Kyrie and James Harden kind of trying to figure out how many shots they're going to get and how well they'll mesh together. But I still don't like it. Like Larry Love said, at the end of the day, I just wouldn't like all three of those guys playing together. It just doesn't hey Chris, well for me. Hey Chris, I, I definitely wanted to throw this at you real quick because you know Pat Beverly had y'all y'all fooled, man. So what you, what you think about Russ being in L.A. Because that's another thing that they're talking about too. You Clippers, know, with, right? Yeah, with um, not so playoff P. 
Well, I'll say this. It's better. It, it, it works. It, it's a better fit than Patrick Beverly because Patrick Beverly got y'all fooled running around here doing a bunch of nothing. But at the same time, um, I, I do got to, I got some questions about Paul, uh, Paul George that I don't feel, I don't think he's the, he got I his PS5. Think... <laughs> Yo, man, it's yo, something about yo, him. Boy, his girl got the ring first. <laughs> <laughs> that yo, is true. He felt that confident. Is true. He felt confident posting that too. Like, yo, this is a good post. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna post that. Like, I ain't just choke in the bubble. I'm, 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 I'm gonna post that. Everybody's gonna think that's funny. Hey, Chris, he po- he posted that joint. Remember that press conference? He's like, "Hey, Melo, Melo." They said they don't know who playoff P is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I wish you had the Snoop meme because uh, Melo was over there like, who? <laughs> playoff who? Because <laughs> I don't know no playoff P. So look, I would say this. I would say it, it, it possibly could work, but they'd be real top heavy. And you know, the thing about Russ is he can be combustible. So, and I don't know how that's going to play with um, – with the claw. Cause you know, Kawhi is super, he's super mellow. And he just kind of just rolls with the flow. So I don't know. But don't but know. you but the but the one thing that, that has been coming out, and you know, since it's come out, I actually looked back and I looked at it. The one thing that Kawhi has always wanted and has always benefited from was a dynamic point guard. Now, Russ is a different type of point guard than what he's had, but think about it. He benefited greatly from Tony Parker. And say what you want, Kyle Lowry did his job in that one year with Kawhi. And Kawhi benefited greatly from that. So, again, because Pat Beverly got Two totally fooled, different point guards. Because Pat Beverly got y'all fooled, you, you never know, man. A, another dynamic, athletic, solid defensive point guard could be the one that they're looking for. I don't think that the Clippers will go back down the road of Chris Paul, which could actually work for them as well. But, you know, I, I think Russ could, could work. But the, the one thing that I also wanted to bring to the table is I love the fact that all of this stuff is coming out right now. And I guarantee you Pat Riley is sitting back talking to everybody in Milwaukee about how he can get Giannis there because ain't nobody paying attention right now. Jimmy got a haircut yesterday. He don't look like Django no more. Listen, man, Giannis could be in Miami. L he. I, I would say this about the uh, the point guard for Kawhi. The the point guard that he has had have been totally different than what Russell is. Uh, Tony Parker at that time was on the down slope, and Tony Parker was just scoring in the paint. Uh, you know his minutes were declining at that point. They were playing Javante Murray uh, a little bit more. I mean, Tony was still being Tony. But it, it was just something totally different to where and then Kyle Lowry was more of a, a complimentary point guard. So that's what that's what Kawhi has been playing with for his success. Complimentary guys. Russ is not a complimentary guy to anyone. And and that was why I asked the question of what what makes what makes Houston a, a, a destination ground for him. The reason why I, I would say no is because. Uh, Jordan wants to win now, and Russ has shown that he is not equivalent to winning. 
he he's just equivalent to putting up numbers. He Russell Westbrook doesn't mean winning. Um, you you look at the draft picks that Jordan has had uh, in the past and the guys he has missed on, and I think you're starting to see what they're doing in Charlotte because they're like, all right, we need this. They started drafting guys from winning programs. Uh, and now you're about to start seeing them try to draft the guys that the experts are saying, these are the guys you should draft. You know, like he, these top three kids, like you're going to hit on all three. You're, you're going to hit. After this, I mean, you know, good luck. Good luck after those three. But you're going to hit. So, like, I think they're going to sit tight. I think they'll probably get uh they they're Charlotte's picking three, am I right? I th- I think Charlotte's picking three. I think it's the Timberwolves, Golden State, and then Charlotte. I think so too. If that's the case, you're gonna end up with the mellow ball. He is going to be a game changer. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is gonna go number one because D'Angelo Russell has already shown that Minnesota, you don't need the mellow ball. Wiseman does not want to go. Yeah, Charlotte is number three. Yeah. So you're going to end, and Wiseman is definitely going to go number two. You're going to see the mellow ball fall to the Charlotte Hornets, and that is going to start the process. If that is the case, what are you going to do with Russell Westbrook besides put the mellow ball on the bench? That it just, Russell Westbrook is just a guy who can go to a bad team, sell seats, stack numbers, and make you a middle-of-the-road, close-to-the-bottom team. Hold, hold, hold on here, Boone, because um, you, you're saying a lot of big words, so I'm going to take them as disrespect. Right? <laughs> hold on real quick. Um, so, uh, Controversial well, hold, Raphael, hold on, hold he on, got a sir, question. Sir, sir, I'm sorry, you, go you, ahead. You with him? You Smart tech? <laughs> Both of <laughs> them. Smart tech. <laughs> Well, listen, Kajerosa, uh Raphael, shouts out to him. Uh, Three Point Conversion, a podcast, radio, shouts out to him. He said that's not true. He said, was it Russ or PG that caused them to win in OKC, or was it Durant who disappointed late in the playoffs for OKC? Hamp, I'll have you answer that. So, so, like, what, so what you're asking is you're just asking, like, who who do you prefer at that time? Uh, you could, Those who say that it was Kevin Durant are the ones who were feeling that Russell Westbrook was keeping them afloat. And then, you know, I, I, I'll tell you this. I personally feel that Kevin Durant does not play an entire game. I, I, It was the same thing I used to say about Chris Paul in the beginning of his career. Chris Paul played in spurts, which means that at the end of the night, you look at his numbers. But if you look at his numbers spaced out over the game, he would give you uh, eight to 12 points in the first quarter. He would give you four points in the second quarter. He might give you three points in the third. And then in the fourth quarter, he ends up with 15 points, eight assists. And the next thing you know, at the end of the night, he's got 22 and 12. Uh, Kevin Durant's game is somewhat the same. So I used to be a Russell Westbrook fan when I would say that he kept them afloat during those times. But, but... In those games, when they needed Russell Westbrook to actually make the proper play, he took it upon himself to shoot the basketball, which is a weakness of his. 
which means and tells me that Russell Westbrook cares more about his numbers and his own ego than winning. So I would say it is Russell me, let Westbrook. Me a, let me make a real a real point to that, right? The worst the worst thing that happened to, to Russell Westbrook was the the NBA Finals against Miami. And the reason I say that is because, especially in the elimination game, at the end of that game, third and fourth quarter, Russ was damn near unstoppable. And he took it upon himself when he saw KD fade into the back, James fade into the back, that he was going to be the one to show, yeah, I'm still here. Not only did I, that catapult his confidence, but that made him say, I got to just go get it every time. And because he's been like that, he's never bought into the traditional mindset of a point guard. If he would have bought into that just a little bit more with his athleticism, he could have been a winner. I think what he showed in that last game was also the sign to everybody else that if I want to get mine, I got to go somewhere else. Because I see what it's going to be. And you can look at it. James left. KD would leave. Serge would leave. And then Russ is there by himself. Now, for what the league is, I don't think that that, what Russ brings to the table, is not about winning. I think it is about winning. But I think he has never, and Juan brought this, Uncle Juan brought this point up, he's never really had a head coach that has been able to get him to a point where he slows down and he understands the impact that he could have. Think about it. It's been Scott Skiles, Billy Donovan, Mike D'Antoni. Where do you see anybody that's strong in there? The strongest thing that he had to a role model in his entire career was Mo Cheeks, who in itself was a scoring point guard too. Once you take away the years with Dr. J, Mo was a killer. So it, it's different for Russ. So while I agree, I, I don't think it's necessary like Russ can't do it because I think he can. Okay, Ruck, that is spoken like a true Oklahoma City Russell Westbrook fan. And let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you something. Thank you. I'm gonna give you I, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the Stephen A uh answer. And let me tell you something. I like you, but here's why you're wrong. Um we got a big enough set. We got a big enough sample size, okay? And and, and controversial, uh, controversy, uh, Ralph, what's his name? I think it was controversial, Ralph. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, nah, nah, uh, that was his name. That Ralph, was his yeah. name. Oh, Ralph, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh Thunder okay. fan. Here, 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 we got enough sample size here, okay? We don't got to listen. We saw them play together, and whoever you want to blame it on, they both lost together. But what we do have in Oklahoma City are times where either Russell Westbrook. Or Kevin Durant had to play by himself because one or the other was hurt. And this is what I know from that. When Russell Westbrook wasn't there, they won playoff. They won a playoff game and a playoff series. When Kevin Durant wasn't there, and this is when they both were still on the team, Russell Westbrook couldn't get a win. There you go. There you go right there. So I don't know what else to tell you because that's what I boil it all down to. Agreed. I'm sorry. Agreed. Russ, Russ is a fantastic, athletic point hey, guard. But while, that's while, about while I drink my juice that Chris and Hambone spit in. Hey, 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 hey. 
<laughs> Listen, it, it's, it's not really hate though because you're an OKC fan. You seen it. Listen, Kevin Durant by himself on OKC when Russ wasn't there. And obviously, James was already gone. It, it, people keep saying, "Oh, Russ need a head coach." You a grown man, fam. You a grown man. You don't need a head coach. You need to follow what the coach is putting in front of you. Everybody else could do it. The, he what, won't what, listen what, to the coach. Hold on. Let me get this. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So all the other good players in the NBA that don't necessarily have a good coach, why don't they need a good coach? Why? What, what, what is it about Russell Westbrook that, yo, he got to have a good, strong mentor for you to really get the good stuff out? Well, yo, why don't you grow up, Russ? Ky- Kyrie don't need a good coach? I can answer that. Kyrie don't need a good coach? If Kyrie needs a good coach, then he needs to grow the fuck up, too. I'm I'm, t- I'm not making excuses. I'm sorry, Larry Love. I know I just dropped the F-bomb on you. But I'm not <laughs> making excuses for these grown NBA man players that, oh, listen, the reason that they can't succeed is because they need a good, strong coach. No, fam. You on the team. You got the teammates that you, you claim that you that you uh, mess with, that these your brothers, that these your fam. You see the, the system that's ahead of you. You, you can't put them together. You So you need Greg Popovich to excel. That's what you need? Okay. No, All I right. I can answer that for you, Chris. Right. Here's why. Because Russell Westbrook is a fan favorite. Yes, you are All, right. A all fan of that, favorite. All of that all of that hoopla, like, oh, you he plays with passion, he attacks the rim, like he plays with so much heart and all that stuff. Let me tell you something. Russell Westbrook got y'all fooled. <laughs> okay. Russell Westbrook got yes, y'all sir. fooled. Y'all think he out there doing stuff? He ain't out there doing nothing but but hooping and hollering and trying to act <laughs> all tough. And, and, you know what I'm saying? He does that. But if you if you pay attention, when that stuff gets done to him, what does he do? He want to fight people. Cry. He, he want to fight people. He want to act out and stuff like that because he is a he is a front running guy. But what happens is, is you see these things and you go, oh, my God, like, yo, this dude, I'm dying for him to win a championship. I'm dying for him to win a championship. Why? He doesn't want to win a championship because if he wanted to, he would have never gone to Houston if he wanted to. Hey, Quint, do me me a favor. What's Uh, up? Put that clip up of uh, CEO when he was talking about Tony Romo. He said, like, Rafael, I'm going to actually add you in. He said he wants to get into Rafael. I'm going to send you an invite. So you oh, bring him in. Yeah. Him in. Because listen, yo, uh, people love, yo, I, I, the, the fans that love Russ, they love Captain Foreman. It ain't no problem. He is a fun player to watch. But that's where it stops. He's a fun player to watch. He ain't a winning player. Because you know what? Everybody's always saying, well, you need a good coach. Yo, there's a lot of bum-ass coaches that got championships. And that's because the players say, say that again. Say it again. The players and say it with your it chest. Up. Say it again. The players. Steve cursed that that motherfucker spitting. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of just okay coaches. Don't don't get me wrong. The greats got multiples, and they they're on their they're in the tier of their own. Eric there's a lot Holstra. of coaches that got Ooh. a lot of players that got coaches. Oh, Don yo, DeMarco, Laker, yo, what's the name of that Laker coach that just won this year? Mm. He a great coach. Vogel. He a, he a great coach. Now, is Ty Lue a great coach? Rick Carlisle. Is Rick Carlisle a great coach? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm John just saying. Marco, Miss me with Marco. the. He need a great coach. Steve Kerr. <laughs> you, yo, listen. You you can say a lot of things, 
But don't hit me with don't hit me with the Russ Westbrook. Steve Westbrook. Nash. No. Come on now. Uh, Come on now. Come on so now. He, so here's so here's the thing, and right? Tony. Again, I and, and I respect it because you're my brothers, right? <clears throat> and y'all absolutely right. Like a lot of a lot of my zeal for Russ was because he was a former OKC Thunder, right? Mm. But here's the thing. We have we have seen it work both ways. We've seen it work where where players have not had great coaches and they haven't been able to win. We've seen subpar players have great coaches and or not great coaches and win championships too. Because they were part of the team. Just like you can, you can talk the same spurgers about Russ, you can cast the same things about James Harden. You can say that he's not a winner too. Because okay. Houston has done nothing but load that team with talent since he got there, and he's isolated everybody as well. Right. I'm with you. you. Listen, all the you superstars can, can get this work. All the superstars can get this work. Can, I, I, I don't want to exclude them. Hold, hold I'm going to disagree. Also, I'm going to disagree. You can also say the same thing about KD. Now, listen, say what you want about KD, like Chris made, made his point earlier that he's going to fit anywhere because he's so efficient, but does he really fit? Because you're talking about somebody that was up 3-0 that couldn't get over the hump until he went to Golden State. You're talking about somebody that went to Golden State and Still in two bad. years turned that locker room into turmoil. Hold on, hold on, Rup, hold on, Rup. Don't, don't, listen, you can make that point, but don't exclude Russell Westbrook from that being up uh, three games. Don't you? Wait, no, hold no, on. No. Don't you put that? Don't you put that on, on Kevin Durant? Wait, I'm not excluding him at all. Okay, okay, real quick. But, but Russ, but all listen, right. Russ never pulled the sucker move and he didn't leave. Okay, 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 okay. See that's okay. where hate coming in. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get a control of the room. We got Mister Controversy Raphael himself. Did you miss me? He <laughs> want to chime in and he want to get some of his work. So, good brother, how you doing today, man? I'm good, bro. Appreciate y'all, man. First of all, I'm big. I'm a big fan of the show, man. So uh, big fan of you too, man. Yeah, hey, no so, doubt. Appreciate it, man. Now you was in the comments and you had a lot to say, brother. So I'm gonna let you spit and do your thing. All right. So enough of that comment stuff. Y'all bugging. Let me tell you why you bugging. So okay. And I'm, and there we I'm, go. I'm, look, and I'm part of media, and I'm gonna tell y'all stop listening to media. Y'all, everybody fall into this media and what they say about players. So and we he's talk a about Chicago Russ. Bears fan too, yeah. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> where, where we at? Lord. Y'all, y'all but uh, we, we we talk we talk about Russ, and yeah, you're right. When when it gets down to late in the game, Russ make bad decisions. We get that. But y'all try to make it like, oh, Russ is a team killer. He's not doing that again. Like I stated in the comments, let's be real. When Golden State was down three one to OKC, that wasn't on Russ. We saw Durant disappear late in the fourth quarter, miss all of his shots. We saw that. Russ was playing great. So you can't just put that on Russ. They got there. They should have won that game. I blame it on coaching as well. When they had PG, was that Russ or was that PG not showing up like he normally does Why he got his name now that, that we've given him? So you can't say that was on Russ. And then you look at the times when Russ had, when he was in OKC, everybody left, and he brought that team to the – playoffs there you say well he didn't win okay that's cool i get that i understand that i mean did you expect him to win did you expect him to be in the playoffs even with durant but still it doesn't right and with your guy with durant the guy um my man was like well durant won and russ didn't i don't think nobody's disputing that durant is a better player than russ 
So I expect that as well. My thing is like like um, what's my name? Well, man, with the record, the NFL reporter, like he was saying, when it comes to coaches, you 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 need somebody, especially a player like Russ, where I don't think he had great coaching in UCLA. Um, then he comes to OKC. He never had that coach, never had that person to say, all right, young fella, let's calm down. This is how you do it. No, we know he got one speed. We're going to go win. It's not about points. It's not about stats. If it was about stats, he would probably be worried about going – eight for 25 when he go eight for 25 or eight for 30. No, it's about, I'm going to do anything I can to win. Why do you think Kobe and Jordan co-sign on his brother? Why do you think Jordan and Kobe, we talking about the two probably best players when it comes down to heart and wanting to win and do anything they want to win. We all know that they top five. Well, you could say top 10. I think they top five, both of them, but still for them to co-sign and say Russ is that dude, like I, I don't understand where all the hate comes from. As far okay. as can I respond? Can I respond? I, I don't get that. Can I respond? Sure, go ahead, handball. Oh Listen. wait, wait, wait! Tag, right. tag me in when you're done. Tag me I got in. you. I got you. I got you. Hold on, hold on. Let's work in reverse from these comments. Like when you bring up like Jordan and Kobe, we understand that most of these times these NBA players' thought processes and comparisons to these players be absolutely wrong and full of friendships and knowing people personally and making sure that they do not say anything that is going to hurt another player's feelings because they will run into these guys <laughs> at, at different situations. That's first and foremost, okay? Second, when we talk about Russ and we talk about like the 3-1 lead that they had, during that 3-1 lead, Russ was still trying to empty his clip every quarter. So you cannot say it was just on Durant. It was on Russ, too. Moving forward, once it was him by himself, and he was making it to be the, the seventh seed and those and carrying on, you understood watching his game that it was strictly about the numbers. We can fake all the stuff about him wanting to win. Well, he's pissed off and all that stuff. And you can do all that. And you can you, you can say all that stuff. And, and that stuff looks true on camera. But watching him on a nightly basis, you get to see it is not about winning. That's why when he went to Houston, why I'm always going to say, if he was trying to win, he would not have gone to Houston. Ruck, I'm going to text you later on your comments about James Harden because I totally disagree with what you were saying. But, Chris, you know, Air 5, you tapped in. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, listen, listen. No disrespect. But when I look when I look at Russell Westbrook, and I, I understand the – I understand why people are so – connected to Russell Westbrook. He kind of plays the way that people like to see play. And I, and I get that. So I, I don't ever dispute that. That's why I know why people got such like hard feelings for him. But in that 3-1, to get back to that 3-1 um, game, you know, Kevin Durant had very good games other than game six. Game six, I will give you, Kevin Durant, that was one of those games where Kevin Durant didn't show up. And he had a really bad game. But let's see, it was game five, game seven, he showed up. Kevin Durant was there. And I know Russell Westbrook has some horrid numbers in those games as far as 
the volume of why we were shooting, the, the percentages of what was going in, he was not doing the things that he needed to do for, for that to get a win. Now, with all that being said, they were going against a team that was highly motivated. Steph was on fire. Clay was on fire, especially game six. So I, I'm not going to act like, you know, they were going against bums or anything. But at the same time, Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant both own, they got to own their problems in that 3-1 collapse. I'm not going to absolve Kevin Durant from all blame, even though I thought he played well in every game except for one. But I'm not going to separate him either. I'm not going to be like, well, Kevin did his thing, but Russ was there all the time. Nah, they both equally didn't do what they needed to do to close out a 3-1 lead. That's the that's the first point I want to make. So I don't I don't ever like separating them. But when I do separate them, hold on. Okay, Cam, I got you. Sorry, that's my son. Now, when you do separate, <laughs> when you do separate them of just regular play, when when Russ is just on the floor, when Kevin was hurt, or when Kevin was just on the floor because Russell was hurt, it was just way different. So I don't like the notion that Kevin don't show up in big moments. I I'll, this I won't talk about anything that happened with Golden State because that was just unfair for everybody. I mean, I mean, you could give Kevin Durant credit; he was the best player. He was the best player on that team, but that team was a, a level of stack that we might not ever see again. But when it was just him, when it was just him on OKC, when it was just Russell on OKC, I don't see a point where Kevin wasn't showing up and being the player that I know him to be. And I don't know why Russ, Russell Westbrook can't do the same thing, not necessarily in winning, because Kevin Durant is a more talented player, but why he can't just go, listen, I'm in this system, and I'm going to do what my coach and my teammates require for me to do and not try to put it on I need a certain type of coach to make me, you know, the player that everybody who loves me wants me to be. Chris, Chris. Because then the, then the excuses would stop. But Chris, let me ask Hold you on. this. Go I want to go I want to go with what you just said. Okay. You just said No, no, no. You just said when Kevin you Durant Kevin Durant Daddy. did what his what his coach did him ask him to do, right? Which is score. Yeah. Be that guy. Yes. So you don't think that Donovan told Russ the same thing? We want you to score, and that's the point that me and um, NFL beat reporter, my man, um, the rocket was saying. It's, and when it comes to coaching, Donovan is not a good coach. If you looked at that Golden State Warriors, and again, let me clarify, I'm not saying in that in that three one um, debacle that Durant it was Durant's fault. I'm just saying if y'all gonna give Russ that blame, give Durant some of that blame too, like you just stated. I agree. Oh with no, that. no, fair. Yeah, both both I should get blame. Both should get blame. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But as far as coaching, if you look at that series, not I, I said it doing a whole series. If you watch what they did, this is how the offense went. When whoever gets the rebound between Durant or Russ, then it's your play. So if Russ got the rebound, he brought it up and he ran his play, scored. If Durant got the rebound, defensive rebound, he ran his play and he scored. That's just, that was the offense. That, that's how it was. Even when Durant was by himself, it was score, Durant, score. When Durant wasn't there, it was Westbrook, score, score. Now, we, we, we the first year, we I guess we got excited because we saw a triple-double. Then after that, it was all he panned the stats. I mean, what do you want him to do if he's – if he's getting assists, getting points, and then with the rebound, which I got the chance to ask um, OKC when I cover the game, ask him, are y'all letting him get the rebound because of strategy? Of course, and they say, yeah, and the reason is when he gets the rebound, 
And um, what's what's my big white man? I can't think of his name right now. The center, Stephen Adams. Uh, Stephen Adams. Adams. Adams would purposely yeah. let Russ get the rebound, not to pad the stats, but that start the break. Now, when Russ get the rebound, he taking off. Now it's a fast break. It's an advantage. It wasn't about all right. Let him get his rebounds. Let him pad his um, stats. Russ wasn't about that. Like I always say, if Russ was about his stats, Russ wouldn't care about going three for thirty eight. Like you see some people do at the end. He doesn't. They won't take shots because they don't want to worry about messing up their stats. That's not Russ. Russ is, I'm a win. That's why Kobe and Jordan always said, that's that dude, because it's all about winning. Same way well, as Kobe. Kobe's just a better player. And that's well, all that's I'm saying. Cool. But hold on, no, yo. Was, was, hold on. Hold on. One second. One second. One second. Was, was, Donovan, was uh, Billy Donovan, and I'm not saying that Billy Donovan is a great coach. I, I don't believe that. I think he's an okay coach. He's a good regular runner to mill coach but was he a good coach this year because ain't nobody have okc getting to the playoffs let alone getting a four seed but with with chris I, paul i put that on chris paul roster well okay, cp3 and even if you, fair and even if you do put it on chris paul then why can't russ i'm not saying he has to play like chris paul but why can't he just go listen I, this is the route i'm gonna take it's got to be russ way or the highway he needs to be what, able what? to conform to the talent around him to, Chris, to suit it best. They they got different types of games. We know that, but what did that's Chris true. Paul, they got different type of games. But what, what what did CP3 do that Russ didn't do? Russ got the, Russ got them to the playoffs. CP3 got them playoffs. They lost. I don't. I don't. What's the difference? They they different. Well, they got a, different types of games. But what? A big difference. And it's it's big a big difference. difference between them two. But the way they got to the playoffs was different. If I'm not mistaken, Russ, Russell Westbrook got them to the playoffs at like a seven C. Seven, eight seed, one or the two. I can't remember. I think Nobody the first year had... he got him a six seed. I, I think oh, it was maybe, six maybe even, but... a, maybe even a six seed. You, you, you yeah. I think you're right on that. Chris Paul got the biggest difference. Oh, go. No, I'm no, sorry, no, no, Chris. Go. Go. Go ahead. Get your point. Get your point. You going the, the way biggest? The biggest difference was that those younger players actually contributed to that playoff run, and those younger players actually grew. Uh, Gilchrist Alexander actually played a huge role in what happened. And you see what Russell Westbrook did to Victor Oladipo. And so that is a major oh difference so, in what so was Victor, done. So, bruh. And so wait, and let, me, and, let me, and let me ask this question about Billy Donovan. What, what makes us think that Billy Donovan is not a good coach because of the way Russell, because he had to coach Russell Westbrook? Because before no, Billy Donovan no, got there, no, we knew Billy Don no, we knew no, Billy Donovan no, through his track record no, at Florida no, was a no, good coach. That's, that's he, no, no, listen, oh, no, it wasn't. But because as college coaches, no, they come no, in because you well, could say as a college coach, he had some he had some good strategies that helped him through that, but he also had in his championship years in Florida, he had elite level talent at every position, right? You Actually, he only had three elite-level guys. He had Joe Kim, he had Al Horford, and he had uh, uh, Corey Brewer. And then he had he had Adam Humphreys, and he had Torian uh, Green at the point guard position. Now, after those two years, after those two years, he was not dominating college no, basketball like that. He wasn't but would you say the same thing about Coach K? Would you say the same thing about Tom Izzo? Come he on was, now. He wasn't good at all after those two years. At all. 
Florida was not good at all. They were not the same program after his two runs. It wasn't just uh, Joe Kim. It was Joe Kim. It was Horford. It was Brewer. It was a whole. He had a whole host of people that were there that that propelled those two runs. Was it Miller there? The difference in the OKC team. Mike Miller was before those guys. Yeah, the difference in the OKC team this year as opposed to Russ's last year. And I will concede this point. They had a, a unbelievable leader and point guard in Chris Paul mm-hmm. that allowed those younger players to develop. So you're absolutely right with that. And I think, again, that goes to the type of team that Russ had previous to that and what Billy Donovan kind of conceded to himself. Because, again, when he came in, when it was him and KD still there, the, the reason that they didn't do anything differently is because he didn't make any adjustments aside from being scared of KD and Russ. Right. He didn't make right. any adjustments at all. And that's a cornerstone of coaching. I don't care what you say. I think Mike D'Antoni is a horrible coach, but you know yes. what he actually is good at? He can make on the fly adjustments, adjustments that will work until somebody catches up. Hey, oh, wait a minute. Me. He don't make no – I don't agree with that. Listen, listen, I don't agree with but, that. But say, but, say what you, but say what y'all want. Small ball work for Houston for a good month and a half before That's the it. season stops. I'll give you that. Well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you that, but I won't give that he's an in-game coach that makes an adjustment because if he would have did that, he would have stopped shooting all those threes in game seven yeah. against the Golden State and said, well, can well, somebody attack you, the Rock? But, I, but Chris, you got, you got to say something like that. That that contra- him stopping or making an adjustment like that contradicts his whole style. So he's right. not going to do something like and, that. And he won't ever be a winner. And that's why and Mike D'Antoni always fails up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so why. Real quick. Can, can, I, make so two, we got, can I make two? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm going to let you go, uh, Raphael. So we got two minutes because I know that the NFL is coming on. And listen, I do want to no, come no, back. Nobody want to watch the NFL. This is the hottest show on TV right now. <laughs> listen, <laughs> the, Ra- the Ravens don't play until 8 o'clock, so I'm <laughs> all set. The block. Listen, I know that, but I do like to stick to our regular schedule. But we will come back to this. But Mr. Controversy, please finish up your point, sir. Go ahead. All right. I was going to – just to talk about um, what uh, my man L. Brooklyn was saying as far as, you know, how he made Hamilton, it. That's his better. Uh, Hamilton, I'm just looking at my bad, but Hamilton, <laughs> I know, I know. my fault. <laughs> but uh, you're right. He he. That's Chris Paul's game. He helped the young players, you know, flourish. They got better. But you 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 said that when you look at um, uh, God, I, my mind's went blank. What's what's Ola the guy Depot. that played with us? Oladipo. Oladipo. You don't. I don't know if you remember, but that year Oladipo scoring average went up, and he played better. And he said even after he went to Indiana. He made, came out made a statement. I got to thank Russ. Russ helped my game grow. Russ was the one that got me to the point where now I understand the way to play basketball. I understand how to attack and be confident. Then you see what he did in Indiana. So don't you can't give me that Russ ain't helped. No, no, that's what it was. But again, like you stated, Donovan is the coach where I'm a coach, you know, depending on my talent. And of course, with Chris Paul, Chris Paul, you do what you do. When it was Durant and and um, and um, Westbrook, do what y'all do. I'm gonna let you score. Then you score. You score. No adjustments. When it was just Russ, Russ, you score. You do. You do. You. 
that's why I can't say that he's a great coach because like my man said, no adjustment. So again, I, I just think that, yes, we know Russ is not that good when it comes to making crazy plays and he's, he's reckless sometimes. I get that. You're right. But I just hate the way the player people always say like, oh, Russ is not good. He can never help a team win when they were winning. Now, when he was by himself, he had no team, but they still got to the playoffs when they weren't even expected to get to the playoffs. So that's all I'm saying, man. Let's, let's just be fair to these players, bro. Let's, let's just be okay. fair. Okay. Well, listen, I, I just want to thank everybody, man. Listen, this was a great discussion. I like how it kicked off. I like how, you know, Raphael came in and said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I already know how we're going to don't shoot the messenger bullpen, and I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. He came, guns are blazing. You know what I mean? He just starts shooting acts, no question. That's how I love it. And also, you know, we got my man L. Brooklyn Way, a.k.a. Larry Love, a.k.a. Hambone, who was in the building today. So I love it. I enjoyed it. Um, maybe later, fellas, if y'all want to get back on sometime this week, we can do that. Uh, you know, we can also, you know, we got we to gotta do a show with three-point conversion. You know, I, I know we've been talking know. about it. So, you know, these guys is big. Dogs down in Atlanta. Also, if y'all don't know, real quick, um, remember when Kaepernick was at the high school and he was throwing on passes? And remember when that reporter happened to stick that microphone in his face and ask him the first question? That was my man, Mr. Controversy Raphael, right there, baby. So, shouts out to him, everything he was doing. So, also, you can catch him. He's in the Atlanta Hawks locker room asking them questions too, man. Listen, he's all over the place, baby. So, shouts out to them. Shouts out to everybody that's tuned in. Just the love and support. And everything, you know, I buy, you know, always show the love. But on that note, we got to go. Thanks again for tuning to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. I'm going to let Mr. Raphael, you know, close out, handbone close out, and then we'll do our regular one. Mr. Raphael, tell everybody where they can find you at, sir. Hey, man, first of all, I appreciate it, man, for letting me come in here, dog. I feel honored, bro. I've been wanting to come on for, for the longest, but I ain't that tired of late, man. Let me in. So, yo, on, I appreciate man. that. <laughs> I appreciate that okay. uh, to my fellas. Appreciate y'all, man. Um, like I said, I'm a fan. And um, y'all can follow me at Mr. Controversy 21 on all social media outlets. And then, um, I'm sorry, Contro yeah, Mr. Controversy 21. And then also, three-point conversion at three-point conversion. We everywhere. Like you said, we got the show every Saturday morning on the radio here in Atlanta. But we stream. And we have iHeartRadio as well, the three-point conversion sports lounge, and also um the three-pointconversion.com, man. You know, we got the updates. Our updates be up faster than the full letter network and everybody yes, else, man. So make sure y'all I sure do check still enough. I mean borrowing them. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. I sure hey, do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Well, on that note, thanks again for tuning to another edition of Don't Shoot the Best of Podcast. I'm your boy Professional Sutton. And I'm your boy Chris G. And it's your boy the Rucky Report. Hey. Don't shoot the messenger podcast. I'm your boy Professional Sutton. And I'm your boy Chris G. And it's your boy the Rucker Report, aka Ready? This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me. X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family. What up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast.